What's good, world? It's your boy, Mastermind Man, and this is the May 2022 weekday drop. Listen, man, this has been an exciting week so far in gaming. A lot has been going on. Things have just been running so fast. But uh, before we begin the show, y'all be sure to follow your boy, man. Follow me everywhere, Master23Mind, Twitch, where I'm gaming live at, and Mastermind RGTV podcast on all platforms, all platforms. Listen, man. Let's jump right into it. Big shout out to connect.club because we've been doing a lot of connection and meeting a lot of great people there and a lot of great things has been happening. But uh, that's another note. We're going to come back to that. Like pay to play is something that's on the top. I got my board over here. Pay to play is on my top list to kind of speak about. But uh, that's a deep conversation into crypto. And we're going to dive right into a bunch of this stuff, man. It's been so much stuff happening in gaming. I haven't been able to keep up with a lot of this stuff, man, because being in the metaverse and um, dealing with cryptocurrency and whatnot and a lot of this stuff on Web3, I've been kind of dealing with these things. And uh, being here in the podcast world, I was just trying to catch up with a lot of stuff that's happening in gaming, like what Square Enix is doing. Listen, we're going to talk about it, man. Let's jump right into it. So, yeah, I know how E3 is canceled or whatnot. So there's no more E3 this year. So usually, typically, we get E3, you know, May uh, round. This is the month that E3 come about. That's why you may see a bunch of your gaming uh, influencers maybe po- uh, posting a lot of E3 pictures or whatnot. Because E3, you know, RIP to E3. E3 is no longer here, but uh, we still get some stuff, man. So check this. Xbox uh, Bethesda Showcase is happening on June the 12th. Remember on the last podcast I was talking to y'all, I was telling y'all about um, Summer's Game Fest. So the Summer's Game Fest is basically something you want to keep your eye on because now we have no E3. Summer Game Fest is going to be where it's at. So we got Xbox Bethesda throwing some type of showcase on June the the 12th. That's going to be pretty uh, interesting to see. Uh, Rumors that we may be seeing a PlayStation showcase event also around that time. So keep your eyes open man because we may if playstation come out and show something around june during summer's game fest or a little bit after or before we know they're gonna come out and do something because there's some more e3 so we're gonna get something in the month of may and in june also uh but this is gonna be important because we may be able to see the new god of war if we get a sneak peek of the new god of war i think it's gonna be something that's gonna really uh solidify uh, the PlayStation fans to where, hey, this is what we we, we wanted to see, you know, because I think everyone is anxious for, for God of War. And right now we're still set to uh, for the game to be released still this year. So pretty pumped about that. You know what I'm saying? And if we can get some type of sneak peek, oh, man, this is going to be amazing. Um, not really sure what Bethesda is going to do with Xbox. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure they're going to, you know, do their thing. Of course, by them now being under the Xbox umbrella or whatnot, Xbox purchasing these guys being under the umbrella. So, uh, not really sure what to expect from those guys on June the 12th. But uh, PAX East was also a pretty dope event. I don't too much have any content or too much to really say about that event. Shout out to the big bro, uh, Hip Hop Gamer, and uh, a bunch of the guys over at, at Dragons uh, Den Podcast. You know what I'm saying? They they went there and amazing content. I appreciate those guys for sharing their moments and vibes. But uh, PAX East was pretty PAX, PAX East was pretty dope. Uh, a lot of games they showed there. You know what I'm saying? The Ninja Turtle game was one that kind of caught my eye. Um, I didn't get a chance to really check out a lot of stuff. Uh, that it was really kind of showing there, but AMD did their thing with a bunch of things also. But 
I'm more hyped for uh, Summer's Game Fest. I'm gonna really pay that one some attention because now we don't have E3. It's like, okay, PAX East was like, okay, we're gonna make up a little bit since we're not having E3 this year. We're gonna make up a little bit. You know, we're gonna do our thing, but it's not too, too much. So I think get, uh, the Summer's Games Game Fest, when that happened in, in June, I think that's gonna be the big thing that's gonna, you know what I'm saying, show us a lot of stuff and a lot of things gonna be popping off in the air. Uh, speaking of popping off in the air, we got Avatar. Avatar dropping a new movie. We finally got the title of the name, The Weight of the Water. Now remember guys, there was an Avatar game that's also in the making too. Now listen, the graphics on this new Avatar look amazing. And seeing that this trailer, The Way of the Water, I thought it was a freaking, um, a freaking game. I was like, oh, that's the new game? Oh, we got more details of the new game. It's the freaking movie. So I say that to say, Maybe um, if we can get an Avatar movie release um, with the game followed up, you know how they did, perfect example, you know how they did the Uncharted with PlayStation? We got the, re, the Uncharted remastered. They dropped it for the console, PS5 uh, remastered, and then they dropped the Uncharted movie. So if, if they can time that right to where we get the uh, Avatar movie, and then get the game release back to back like that. I think that'd be great for marketing and uh, really great for uh, Disney Avatar fans all together because you want to keep it fresh and not only keep it fresh on our mind, but also since games and movies uh, in these genres of worlds have been doing really, really well, uh, I think this would be a great opportunity for Avatar to really hop on it because like I said, keep it fresh in our ears and minds and thoughts. Then we get to play through these amazing worlds. Now, the only thing about that, you know, back in the day when they did like the Spider-Man movie, then the Spider-Man game release. And a lot of times the game followed the movie so close to where it seemed like it's repetitive almost. And um, you get to a sense of point to where you like, I don't really want to play through the movie. And since I already seen the movie, the game is kind of just like the movie almost. It's really similar. But they kind of got away with that. I feel like with Uncharted, the movie that just released, you know what I'm saying, which is another perfect example. Uh, Uncharted movie follow a lot of the game, but it's still on its own little trajectory type deal. And I feel like if Avatar can pull off something to where we get the movie and we have details or little small structures that's in the movie that's passing off in the game, I think would actually be perfect to where it'd be great for marketing because we're playing our favorite avatar character and we're experiencing and immersed in this avatar world. You know what I'm saying? And it's still fresh in our minds and it's still fresh in our thoughts. And we want to just be an avatar for a day or two. But I doubt if that happened because I think the development on the avatar game is like way out. So maybe just a hope, but just something to talk about. Uh, moving on, man. So this whole thing about uh, the PS5, backwards capability, PS1, 2, 3. Shout out to the big bro hip-hop gamer. You got to give him his flowers when he's right. He's right. He's right. You know what I'm saying? He spoke about this situation to where PlayStation is soon be able to play a lot of these backwards capability games, even on the disc. He spoke about this two years ago, yo. So yeah, I know how, y'all already know my thoughts about it. I spoke it on live last, last podcast. But hey, you know, you know. 
And this is not to mention also, man, uh, I predicted a lot of this stuff years ago. You feel what I'm saying? With a lot of these gaming um, things and events is popping off. You know what I'm saying? So to see that, uh, when, I, when I first got my five PS5, I was like, yo, I put a PS3 disc in here and you can almost hear a lot of times when you put a disc that's uh, in these consoles that, you know, I already gave a broke down of the story, but it's just a quick glimpse of the story. When you put an old disc in these consoles, you can tell like uh, it'll start spinning and it'll just like make weird noises. The PS5 didn't make those weird noises. It started loading up the disc and was like, oh, wait a minute. It's not time for me to read this. That's the sense I got from it. But coming from like Nintendo homebrew days, uh, jailbreaking Nintendo consoles or whatnot, I'm seeing that, yo, if you jailbreak this PS5, there's a possibility that this hardware that's in this box can play these older games. So it's not going to be a surprise that when, you know, on down the road, when PS5 will be able to play PS1, PS2, PS3 games, it's not going to be a surprise, especially when they're able to the ability to upscale these games and make them look better. That's not really a surprise to me, but that was just a more of a, a prediction I had before the PS5 even came out, you know, type deal. So to see it coming true and to read about it and to hear it and they actually came out and said it and then you know on down the road before this stuff two years ago hearing hip-hop gamers spoke about it, it was like yo yo he, he he's one he's one of the chosen few in the game and know some of this stuff man he's well connected too but just to see that a lot of this stuff come about it's like yo this is dope you know what i'm saying so i'm appreciative of it because y'all know how i feel about backwards capability and you know what I'm saying? PlayStation with the games, the characters, the history, the catalog. They gotta make this stuff backwards capability, man. And for us that has for us that have the database of these discs already on deck, give us the opportunity to do this. But at the same time, from the business standpoint, I see where, you know, um they probably you know, it's an opportunity for Sony to if they cut it to where people that have the disc and it don't work for them versus uh, some type of marketing plan to where they say hey um if you don't have the disc we can you know still issue a service plan or whatever whatever but you know they're gonna probably be out there for the market existing but for the gamers i feel like they should just open it up all the way if you got a disc an old game or old disc put in your ps5 and play it no charge you know uh that's just for the gamers perspective but for the business standpoint, I can see them not really, you know, uh, complying with that. So, hey, it's, it's a thing, but I'm happy to see it. I'm pumped to see it, especially if they upscale the graphics on a lot of these games. I mean, bro, think about it. Uh, we're now getting a Max Payne remake, but just thinking about games, I think I spoke about before, like Midnight Club, Driver, uh, the old Grand Theft Auto, even though we got a remake of Grand Theft Auto's out now. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and see, that's another thing. That's another conversation to kind of break off too with someone else too. Just think about the fact that how we got the Grand Theft Auto remakes. So remember, before the remake, we got uh, the remastered versions. They just basically, you can, they all come together. You can play them on the PS4 or whatnot. Then the PS5 came out, we got the remake version. Now it's upscale graphics and this stuff is like, running apparently in like 2k or whatever whatever upscale story and everything's still the same but the graphics is like totally done over 
everything is like redone over dope pretty dope but with in the back of mind knowing that uh ps5 two years three years on down the road will be backwards capability for older games and it'll upscale it well doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose of releasing a game like gta that was like a remake you know what i'm saying so you know just a theory of a conversation we can kind of have on off on another podcast spinoff episode but it's something to really think about think about all these games that's being remastered remade and two three years on down the road we'll be able to play these old games if we still have the old disc and they upscale the graphics and they look just as good as the remake and the remaster so why do why pay for the remaster and remake and now three years later we can play it on our disc backs capability because y'all sent out a firmware update with this hardware because essentially it boils down to hardware but they send down the firmware update or whatever and now we can play this stuff really that's what it's probably going to come down to especially the only reason i say that <clears throat> is if they do that and is able to upscale these games like really upscale these games like i'm talking about if I'm able to put an old PS3 game into this PS5, let's say old GTA 3, Vice City, San Andreas, and it upscaled this game, I doubt it, but it upscaled this game to, to the point to where it looks better than the remake that came out last year. Whoa. Whoa. You know what I'm saying? Whoa. But I doubt if that happened. But it's a lot of classic games I can see uh really being utilizing that upscale capability i mean shoot think about it um it's a couple games oh man i hate they're not coming to me right now but it's a couple old ps3 final fantasy 10 one of my favorite games upscale that joint playstation what's up speaking of square enix we're gonna jump into them in a little bit too final fantasy you know what i'm saying 10 like amazing you know what i'm saying i can see that upscaling you know what I'm saying for PS5. Um, shoot, it's a couple other games, man. It's a couple other. It's so many games to really name. Like, shoot, even some of the Kingdom Hearts games. You know what I'm saying? Um, Tony Hawk games, the old Tony Hawk Underground. You know, um, Road Rage. I could be all day naming games, man. But it's a couple games that I can see that's classic. PlayStation catalog, not necessarily exclusive, but just some classic games that we used to play on PS1, PS2, PS3, and really being upscaled. You know what I'm saying? Pretty dope. Uh, moving on, man. So we got the next Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2. So <clears throat> apparently they say that, you know, this next Call of Duty game that's coming out, Modern Warfare 2, is going to be the most events uh, Call of Duty ever made type deal. They usually say something like that every time a new Grand Theft Auto, I mean, a, a new Call of Duty come out. This is going to be the most exciting Call of Duty of all time. This is going to be the best graphical Call of Duty of all time. The, the most researched or whatever, whatever. But they saying this one is the most advanced uh, Call of Duty that they've ever made. Uh, we didn't get any previews or anything yet. But again, that's where Summer Game Fest come into play because we may see games like modern warfare 2 we may get a sneak peek of that we may end up seeing a sneak peek of god of war the new god of war is dropping 
Um, like I just said, Bethesda early on in the show got some popping off. So mid May, June is going to be a exciting month for gaming because it's going to be a lot going on. Um, GTA Six. Uh, I got GTA Six on the board because I was going to speak about it on something. Uh, I think it started trending on Twitter because I think something. Uh, yeah, I think Rockstar. I didn't write it on the board, but Rockstar um, basically they announced that I think they was they was working on planning on releasing like uh, like twenty games or something from this year to I think like next year or whatever. They had got a whole game roster of games they're working on, ready to release. And GTA 6 is part of that. So we may begin GTA 6, at least maybe a preview. I wouldn't be surprised if we get a GTA 6 preview at Game Awards. Game Awards usually is at the end of this year, November, December, uh, December, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so I can see us getting a preview of GTA 6 in December. If we get a snippet, doing the summer's game summer game fest that's gonna whoa that's gonna blow everyone out the water but i doubt that but um because a game like that is gonna be so big uh but i will say i want to speak about gta 6 for a second gta 6 is an opportunity in the spotlight to really do something great in gaming um and even a game like the sims also the sims Grand Theft Auto 6, uh, these are two games, and even the next uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, these three particular games is in a real nice, sweet spot right now, and the reason I say that, that's going to lead me into my conversation of pay to play, the reason I say that is the fact that with the Web3 technology and how cryptocurrency and everything is going in this, e in this economy, and the fact that pay to play is becoming a big thing um and it is it's, it's the future you did feel what i'm saying in gaming and in tech so if modern warfare 2 can somehow integrate a pay to play uh system within this within this next call of duty game the break that call of duty is talking about taking go ahead take your break it's fine take your break because now we got pay to play integrated into modern warfare 2 especially if they come correct especially if they give us a zombie mode especially if they give us a, a survival mode and a story mode you know what i'm saying not so much what do you mean pay to play even in the story mode not everyone beats the story not everyone that buy these games are great gamers so these different game modes Call of Duty already capitalized off a lot of this stuff anyway, in-game transactions. So, if you integrate NFTs and pay-to-play into a global house game like Call of Duty, you're talking about massive immersion and massive numbers. Going down to my next uh, point of Grand Theft Auto 6. Grand Theft Auto 5 has been out for at least 10 to 15 years. So, the next Grand Theft Auto GTA 6, they're talking about going from San Andreas or let's just say LA to Miami to, to New York. Going from these three different worlds, we know it's possible with the technology because think of Ratchet and Clank. The way you're able to like the game load up and the way you're able to transition in and out of these worlds so fast and load speed is so great. GTA 6, 
of course I can see us going to, from three different worlds or whatnot. That's easy. Now, GTL, GTA Online and integrate a pay-to-play system with GTA 6, massive. Because you're setting up a game that has the potential to run a whole nother 10 years. So if you're in, in the position to where pay-to-play is integrated within the first three years of a massive powerhouse game like Call of Duty, Grand Theft Auto 6, and The Sims, you have the opportunity to really capitalize and to really be the leaders of pay-to-play in a global scale of gaming. Going to The Sims. The Sims have a lot of uh, like wearable they can integrate wearables and different NFTs and different uh, Sims is more of a sandbox game. But if they take it to a, a particular spot to where they really utilize the in-game transaction and the pay to play blockchain system, integrating these things into these games can really set the tone for the next games to come about. That's going to be open world. So for a game like Saints Row, Saints Row is coming out this year, I think in August. But if GTA announced, hey, we're integrating the blockchain pay-to-play uh, integration on our game, the sales on Saints Row, they're not going to be the same. They're not going to be the same. I can guarantee you that. Versus if GTA say, they don't come out and say anything about it, then cool. But the minute you integrate something like you know what I'm saying? Pay to play into a global house game, it's gonna shut down a competition. It's gonna shut it down. I'm not saying Saints Row is gonna be a a, a a game that just you know come out and it just come and go, but announcing that a game this big of a, a of a scale is integrating a pay to play system, blockchain technology into their game can be massive and is a great opportunity to really capitalize especially on our genre of, of gamers right now you know what i'm saying um like i said with the sims wearable content uh the homes and things you can build in there maybe the sims need some type of metaverse to where um the land that you can purchase so the sims is like this it's already a sandbox game within the sandbox game you can break down these worlds or whatnot. This is just a, a futuristic pitch. Uh, tell Sims uh, 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 the leaders to come on and set the table. Let's set the meat. So you're in a sandbox world. You can break down some of these worlds. Typically, how they got the Sims DLCs and or whatnot. You can break down some of these worlds into where people that pay for the game or give. Oh, you can even give out free land and people auction off their stuff within these homes we already you already giving us the stuff to build our homes people are already modding their sims or whatnot doing different mods and things so if you integrate a system like pay to play and wearables and nfts and we can create furniture and sell our furniture and uh move back and forth on the blockchain with our uh material and in-game transactions listen that's a massive adoption that's gonna be great for gamers and great for the industry so the minute that's into play, I think, because you're looking at Sims, the Sims, last time they dropped a new game was maybe, what, 2016, 2017? I'm not sure. But you're looking at a game that don't release every year like a Madden or a 2K or whatever. You're looking at a game that once it released, 
they stand on the shelf for at least four or five years. So something doing this pip this pivotal moment that we are at with web 2.0, 2.5 and web 3.0, this is a great moment to where pay to play and games like this that's releasing on the scale can be very, very words just can't find the excitement but you get the picture of what i'm putting down you picking it up right all right let's move on we got a new more comeback coming out 2023 folks and guess what it's using a whole new engine and it's gonna be another reboot now i'm not sure why they keep doing a reboot or whatnot because honestly the last mortal comeback series um you know story mode was pretty dope you know what i'm saying uh pretty dope graphics was amazing so I'm interested to see it's coming out uh 2023 and by them running a new engine story reboot with new characters uh you know kind of interested to see where they go with it i thought it was going to keep the same story and kind of you know the next one to come at it come out they's probably going you know go on uh boost from the movie sales because I, I rumors that they got another more comeback movie coming out so you know we'll see We'll see. It's a reboot we got coming. Uh, keep an eye open for uh, Skull and Bones. Skull and Bones is a game that's made by Ubisoft. And listen, if it's anything like Assassin's Creed Black, uh, Black Flag, Skull and Bones is going to be a game that you don't want to sleep on. But Skull and Bones is one of those games that, you know what I'm saying, I kind of forgot about, but they're still, you know, they kind of kept it under hush a little bit, but... We see it every now and then, like the old trailers from last year, E3 or whatnot. But you know what I'm saying? I seen a recent one of it. Like, yo, if it's set up anything like Assassin's Creed Black Flag, they got a chance to really like do something with that game. And I'm hoping that it do something really dope. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm hoping for, I'm not I'm not sure what they're going to do with Skulls and Bones because it got pushed back. It, I heard they had all type of issues with it, but you know, I don't know. I'm excited for it. I want to speak about Square Enix for a little bit before I get out of here too. So what's going on with Square Enix? Um, I didn't get a chance to like really like read the full article of, of what's going on basically with it. But essentially what Square Enix is doing, they're selling off some of their assets. And what they're doing, it's not necessarily a bad idea, but it got you wondering to the fact to where it's like, okay, a company as big as Square Enix, they're selling off some pretty decent assets. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I think I think the deal went by for like $300 million or something like that. That's a lot, uh, but is it really a lot? And one of their biggest assets is of course, Final Fantasy. They didn't sell that, of course. Uh, I think it was just typically the Western division of Square Enix. Um, but they kind of put it in the question to where if these guys are selling off their assets, why are they like, why, you know what I'm saying? It really make you wonder. So my conclusion is they sell off some of these assets, which takes the value down on Square Enix as a global corporation altogether which opens the opportunity for Sony to come in and say, hey, Square Enix, uh, you ready to sign those papers now? That's the opportunity for Sony to come in and buy Square Enix. That's that's the only, that's, that's one concept. Um, two, 
they need the money to finish working on other projects like the new Final Fantasies that's dropping. Uh, Final Fantasy 7 Part 2, remember? Uh, new Kingdom Hearts is working. So why did would they sell these assets? Why do they do that for the $300 million? I'm not sure. I think it's really to open the door to lower the value down on the company so Sony, so Sony can come in and just buy them up and uh, add them on the umbrella. Because if Sony, the next big purchase that Sony's going to make, um, the the three people in the room, uh, Capcom, Square Enix, um, and it was someone else. I can't remember. It was someone else that potentially that was on the list for Sony, who, who can get bought next. And by uh, Square Enix making this decision, I feel like gives Sony the perfect opportunity to come in and snatch them on up. Now, if Xbox snatch these guys up, I'm about to come in and do an emergency podcast. <laughs> For real, man. But um, before I go to uh, get out of here, we're going to give it a close out the show. Before I get out of here, too, shout out to um, everyone at Connect.Club. Be sure to connect with me at Connect.Club. Got a lot of new things popping off over there, man. We're going to uh, doing some spinoff episodes of the podcast, new podcast ventures. And probably even doing the podcast in the metaverse. Those are things I've been kind of speaking about on previous episodes of the podcast. But uh, anchor friend, get ready to kick me out of here. But uh, be sure to follow me everywhere. Master23Mind. You see it in the background for all the video viewers, YouTube viewers here. And uh, for the podcast people, y'all be sure to check me out on YouTube. Mastermind RGTV. That's at YouTube. And uh, Real Gamer on all podcast platforms. And uh, Master23Mind on all podcasts. Uh, platforms and including twitch is where we're gaming at you know what i'm saying um we're gonna be on youtube also doing some uh, exciting things we got we got a lot of stuff cooking down the pipeline man we got new music behind the uh, scenes we got a lot of stuff cooking 